awesome? Well, Gene, God just used you for his glory. So it's working. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's wonderful. Praise the Lord. We've got Daniel Amstutz. He's going to be up ministering. He's the one that did praise and worship yesterday morning, last night. He's the one that's the new head of our uh, music um, third-year program. And I tell you, it's really a blessing. I've known Daniel and Tracy for I don't even know how long, but it's been 30 years or something. Matter of fact, Daniel, he uh, used to minister with Bob Yandian in Tulsa. He's done some of the Hosanna uh, worship uh, tapes and stuff. And and uh, Daniel actually went to Atlanta with me to hold a meeting back probably around 1980. Somewhere around there. It's been 30 years or so ago. And we had 14 people show up. And Daniel just led the worship like there was a thousand. I preached like there was a thousand. And we we rented the Omni Hotel downtown that could seat hundreds of people. And we had 14 people show up. So we've been through a lot together over the years. And Daniel, it's a real blessing now to have him as a part of this school. I tell you, I think that this is a God Send and it's just awesome. He's got some great vision. We've got a uh, praise and worship seminar coming up in June. Hopefully, he'll mention that and tell you a little bit more about who's coming. But uh, this is Daniel Amstutz, and he's the one that's running our third year music program, and he's going to minister to us. Praise the Lord. see you and really great to be here. I'm telling you what, I am so honored to be a part of the school and a part of what God is doing. Uh, we love Andrew and Jamie and I'm te- I started here full time on January the 10th and uh, the faculty here has just been awesome. The student body, you guys have embraced us and we are so honored to be here and to be involved in your lives and uh, we're just excited about the future and what God has in store for us. I so appreciate uh, not only the giftedness that's here among our faculty and even the student body. I'm just so blessed and amazed by the giftedness that's here. The character, the integrity, but the giftedness all together. And uh, Gene, I'm just so blessed. I'm so grateful that you shared this because one of the things I love about Karis is that we're like a family here. You know, so many people in worship ministry aren't relevant if you're over 27 years old. You know, that is not a God thing, is it? Amen. And I love that we have a family represented here at Karis. We've got people who are in their 18, 19 years of age here in school all the way up to beyond that. (laughs) Amen. And you know what it's like for me, you guys? It's like Thanksgiving table. You know, if we're sitting down at Thanksgiving table and grandma and grandma come to the, grandma and grandpa come to the table, we don't say to them, you know what, grandpa, you're so irrelevant. Would you just go sit at another table? 
You know, and we don't say that to the 9 and 10 year old who's at the table. Everybody has a place. And at Karis Bible College, it's like a family here. I mean, you've got sisters and brothers, you've got moms and dads, you've got grandmas and grandpas, and everybody is for you. Amen? So this environment, for those of you who are considering coming here to school, can I just tell you, it's God. Just say yes. Amen? (laughs) It's just good. It's good. It's God. We have some exciting things happening this summer. Mark this on your calendar, June 15th, 16th, and 17th. We are presenting a Better Way to Worship conference. So excited about this. I'm going to be teaching on a better way to worship this morning, and I'll give more meaning to what we're talking about when we use that phrase. But uh, Don Moen is going to be opening up the conference with us. Uh, He's been around for a number of years, those of you who know of his ministry. Been with Integrity Hosanna for a number of years. And Andrew is going to be opening up the conference for us on Wednesday evening teaching. Don Moen will be ministering in music. The CBC worship team will be ministering in worship along with some friends of ours who are coming in. And also Angel uh, Garrett is coming from New York, New Jersey area, has sung with B.B. and C.C. Winans, and she is awesome, uh, black gospel recording artist, and she will rock the house, let me tell you. It'll be awesome. Amen? And then also, for those of you who know of Kent Henry from St. Louis, he's going to be a guest of ours, and he'll be coming in and ministering as well. And then we'll have several breakout sessions during the day. I'll be teaching. There are several people from our local area that are going to be coming and ministering on music theory. Uh, Kaysen's going to be teaching on how to direct a band. Uh, raise your hand, Kaysen. He's been up here leading worship. Amen. Amen. He is such a blessing. And we're going to be having people teach on music theory. And all of this is going to be kind of a prelude, if you will, to our school that's opening up in September. It's a one-year program. It's a standalone program. And you can come in in September. And if you have a little knowledge about music, but you know God's called you to a worship ministry, it's really more than music. We say music, but it's really about worship ministry. Amen? And so if you come in in September, we're going to train you wherever you are in your process of understanding music. We're going to take you at that spot and move you forward. So you do not have to be advanced in music theory. This is not a university setting or a college of music. This is a school of worship, which is a practical ministry training school. And so this is about training you in worship. And uh, we're excited about this because we'll be teaching you about music theory. We'll be teaching you about the theology of worship, if you will, foundational biblical truths regarding what God really says in his word about worship. Amen. We're going to be teaching you how to write songs, uh, how to uh, incorporate that into the music business world, if you will, because there's a very natural element that flows into this. And so all of this will be a part of our music training process. And uh, we want this to really be, as Andrew's heart is to disciple, so this school will be the very same thing. We want to raise disciples in worship ministry. How many of you know that integrity and character is way more important than giftedness? Amen. And if there's ever a ministry that needs integrity and character, it's the worship ministry. And so we want to really just raise up people, mentor them, disciple them, walk with them during this year process, and then help them be all that God has made them to be. As they leave here to whatever it is God's called them to, a lot of people will be uh, oriented towards local church ministry, but not everybody will. Some people will be going into mission field, and whatever area that is, I was talking to our sister who taught uh, last week from Africa, 
and she's got a young man from Africa that she wants to send over and is so excited. She said, are your applications available today? And I said, no, but they will be really soon. And they'll be on our website. You can download. It's going to be an awesome program. We're going to be bringing in guest teachers throughout the year, and it'll just be a blessing. Amen. So are we excited? Yes, we are. Amen. We're way excited. And then this afternoon at 1 o'clock, we'll be having our healing school, of which I'm the director as well. And uh, we're very excited about this. This is our very first public healing school session. And we have a lot of people in the community who've been waiting for this. We have doctor's offices who are waiting for this. They've actually called and said, when does this go public? We have uh, patients who we want to send. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. So glory to God. And what is most exciting to me is this is not about the great anointed minister of God person. This is about the anointing who abides within all of us. Amen. This is about our student body. When we allowed this uh, announcement to go forth that we were starting a healing school, we said, how many of you would be interested in being involved? You know what? We had 175 people show up on our very first session to be trained in how to minister to the sick. How to train uh, those who really feel called to this ministry, or maybe they're not even sure they're called to this ministry, but they want to uh, get their feet in the water and say, what does God's word say about ministering to the sick? I want to know more about this. So like Andrew said, we've been training now for six weeks. One of my most favorite parts of the healing school was um, just last week when we had mock exercises of healing. So we had two people get together. One person was sick. The other person was well. And the well person is praying for the sick person, right? So we assigned certain illnesses to the sick person. And, uh, you know, okay, you pray for this person who has arthritis right now. How, how are you going to pray for them? And then we'd flip it around and we would change people so that uh, those people didn't always, you know, have the same two uh, ministering to each other. And then we had somebody who had cancer, quote unquote. And so now how are you going to minister to that person who has cancer? And so we just have been uh, seeing what God's word says about all these various areas. And as we were doing these, quote, mock exercises for healing, all of a sudden I'm up here going, you know what, something is really happening here. This is not just like an exercise to learn, you know, how to minister healing. And I'm praying and I'm walking around the room and, you know, we have students all over the place in here learning. And, and see, this is practical ministry, you guys. It's one thing to have it in the Bible. It's another thing to have your Aunt Susie believe it. But what do you believe about it? And then when you put your hands to it and begin to do it, you experience the blessing of God flowing out from you into somebody else's life. You know what started happening? Twelve people in the room received supernatural manifestations of healing. While, while we were doing mock healing exercises. Now, I'm telling you, is God good or what? Amen. He is so good and his mercy endures forever. So grateful that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about a better way to worship. Turn with me to Psalm 100. I want to show you my model that I've used for years and years and years. How many know that the Psalms are, was really Israel's hymn book? Amen. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. By the way, I'm reading out of the New King James. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. Say it with me. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Now, the key part of this verse for our teaching today was verse 4, very familiar with everybody in here, when it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now, here's the problem with that verse. That's become the model for praise and worship. And that model is an old model. It's an old model. Now, don't throw me under the bus yet, because we're going to come back around and, and redeem this. But the Bible says that we're under a what covenant? We're under a new covenant. Amen. We're under a better covenant. And so how many know there must be, if we're under a better covenant, a better way to worship? What we've been trying to do for years and years is come into the presence of God every single day. Let's, let's put this analogy into a Sunday church service, all right? We've begun the church service, and now all of us as the congregation are trying desperately to get into the presence of God. So how do we do it? Well, I don't know, but if we sing good enough, I'm sure God's going to show up. If we raise our hands high enough, I'm sure he'll be so impressed that he'll come. When did we ever start to believe that it was our responsibility to summons God? Did we drop? There we are. I used to think about, dream about what it was like in the temple of Solomon. When they built that temple and... All the singers and the instrumentalists were as one, the Bible says. And they began to sing, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And what happened? The glory cloud showed up. And it showed up in a way that was so powerful that it filled that entire temple to where the priest could not even... I'm like, Lord, hello. When was the last time you were in a worship service to where the presence of God was so powerful that you could not even stand? And I started getting mad. I'm like, this is just not fair. How come they had that back then and they couldn't even stand up because the glory of God was so awesome and you're telling me that we're under a better covenant today? And I'm thinking about this. I'm just kind of dreaming and I'm thinking, this was back when I was living in Tulsa and I'm thinking about the glory cloud coming in from the back of our church and it's like, Oh, God, what key do I have to be playing in for you to show up? (laughs) I know you must love A-flat major. So I'm going to start an A-flat major, and I'm singing, Thou art worthy. Oh, I I know you got to love that song. And so I'm thinking about the glory cloud rolling in, and as it does, it's going to come over the heads of all the people, and pretty soon everybody's going to start falling out row by row. And finally, it'll hit me. And when it does, we'll all just kind of veg in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And as I'm thinking about this picture, God says to me, Daniel, wake up. Don't you realize that you're under a better covenant? I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said, don't you know that Christ in you is the hope of glory? Why are you waiting for a cloud to roll in? Worship is not a place. Worship came to you. Yeah. 
Worship now lives inside of you. The glory of God is now in. The Lord said, you're not waiting for me. I'm waiting for you. Look with me. Look with me. Let's go to Galatians first. Let's go to Galatians 4. I'm telling you, is there a place for entering the gates? Oh, yes, there is. But we're going to find out where it is here in just a minute. Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of time, verse 4, had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out what? Abba, Father, hallelujah. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Oh man, there's so much in these scriptures and so much that I want to say today and our time is so limited. But let me just say this. The spirit of God is already living in you. He is alive and well on the inside of you. You do not have to ask him to show up. It wasn't your idea. God the Father who loves you passionately wants to spend eternity with you. Do you understand that, church? He loves you so much that he sent his only son so that you could spend a lifetime with him, in eternity with him. I like to say it this way. God was saying to Jesus, I'd rather die than be without you. Hebrews 12, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who's the joy? You. You are. You are the joy that was set before him. He loves you. And what I love so much about Andrew and and the teaching that Andrew brings forth and the teaching that you're going to get in this school if you're considering coming here is the love of God that we thought we knew about from the time we were little kids will begin to explode on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, when you grew up like I did, my dad was a Baptist pastor. I know I survived. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and I grew up b- believing that tongues was from the devil and that you should live sick. Just expect flu season because, you know, that's just you're going to give glory to God by being sick. And, you know, some of these ridiculous now, I think, ridiculous doctrines. And I thought John three sixteen. you know, I knew that scripture from the time I can remember. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you kind of go blah, 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 blah. Right? When you hear that. And then one day the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the word of God on the inside and you begin to go, you know what? I I don't think I know this at all yet for God. So loved the world, but does God really love me? And in the passion of that moment, when you begin to understand how much God loves you in that is where your faith begins to become effectual. Faith works by, and it's not by us just loving one another. See, I thought for years, it's just by, if I could just love everybody, my faith's going to be really effectual. Well, that has a place. But what really is true is when we begin to understand how much God loves us, then our faith really begins to take off. And we begin to discover that God's got a whole better way for us to live. Woo, glory to God. See, I'm not waiting to go to Jerusalem to worship God. I'm not waiting to go to a place to worship God because the place came to me. Are you getting it? 
So God says we have a better way to worship. Look at this over in Colossians chapter 1. He calls us family. We're sons and daughters now living in his house. Oh man, he said, I've sent forth the spirit of of my son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Love this. Apostle Paul speaking here, he says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affliction of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, watch this, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, say it with me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory to God, Christ in us. Now turn with me over to the Gospel of John, very familiar passage, and this is Jesus speaking here. And Jesus says to the woman at the well a very interesting thing regarding worship. John chapter 4, and let's start with verse 21, just because we're going to be limited on our time. This, This woman is a Samaritan woman, she's not even a Jewish woman. She's a Samaritan woman. She's been living in sin. She's had five husbands, and the one she's living with is not her own. I mean, talk about a lady with issues. <laughs> right? If anybody... Now, think about this, you guys. If you were going to reveal a huge revelation about worship, wouldn't you give it to somebody who's, like, really holy and worthy? We do that to ourselves all the time, don't we? God, I just don't know if I'm worthy enough. Let me, let me get worthy for your presence to show up. I know if I, I you know what, I, I, I didn't pray an hour this morning. I'm sorry. So because I didn't pray for an hour this morning, I know I probably tainted your anointing. I, in fact, I know your anointing probably won't even show up. Right? See, we do these things to ourselves all the time, especially as ministers of music. We put ourselves through these these hoops and we think that it's up to us to bring the presence of God into manifestation. Okay, watch this. Jesus says to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you, you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the who? Hmm, that's interesting. Why didn't he just say God? But he tells this woman, believe me, the hour is coming when worship is not going to be a place you go to, but worship is going to be about a relationship. And this is not just God Almighty, even though he is God Almighty. He's God omnipotent. He's God omniscient. He's all those things. But he says to this woman, this is God the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Hmm. I didn't know we were talking about salvation. Oh, yes, we are. We're talking about a relationship with a living God who Jesus is revealing to this woman at the well as father. The hour is coming and now is, Jesus says, when the true worshipers. Did you know that everybody in the world worships? Come on. 
I used to think for years that only people that got born again worshipped. That's not true. Everybody worships. But the question is, who or what are you worshipping? But he says the hour is coming when true worshipers will worship who? The Father. Look at the relationship. Look at the intimacy. The Spirit of God has been poured out into our hearts so that we can cry out, Abba. He says it's coming to where you're going to worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Notice the Father is not seeking worship. He's seeking who? You. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro. Amen. To show himself strong on behalf of those who are in relationship with him. He's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Now, what does that look like? If we talk about worshiping God in spirit and truth, what does that look like? Compared to what we saw in the Psalms, um, I think it looks really different. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I want to show you something. Acts chapter 2. And let's look at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and what did it do? It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we don't have time to go through all of this, but in verse 11 it says that the people heard those people who were speaking in tongues speaking the wonderful works of God. And when uh, Peter begins to describe what's happening here, he says something very interesting. He says, what you're experiencing here, ladies and gentlemen, is what, my paraphrase, is what the, the prophet Joel prophesied of back in the Old Covenant. Joel said, there's a day coming. When I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Here, we find out that it's actually happening. So he goes back and he takes that prophetic word from Joel and brings it into the new covenant and says, that which was prophesied is what you're experiencing right now. Now let me ask you, if the Holy Ghost was poured out in the second chapter of Acts, why are we asking for him to show up? He's here. He is God with us. And Jesus said to the disciples, he's going to be in you. Amen. Not just with you, but he's going to be in you. Now watch this. This is interesting because we find out over in Acts chapter 15, something very interesting. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts 15, because we're going to find out here that Amos prophesied something else that was happening. And all of a sudden now, the Holy Ghost is not just being poured out upon Jewish people, but people from all nations and all kinds of people, Gentiles, are receiving the Holy Spirit. And, and they're speaking in other tongues, and they're experiencing this Spirit-filled life, praise God. But it's becoming a problem for the early church. And so the early church is trying to figure out how, how all this works. I, I thought that if you received the Holy Spirit, that you had to be circumcised. 
I thought you had to you know, ab- abide by this law or this rule. And so now there's conflict in Jerusalem. And here we see this conflict, which is basically a conflict over circumcision. And so the Jerusalem council comes together and something very interesting happens here. Because we're going to skip a whole bunch of verses here, but let's just go to verse 16 of this chapter. Pastor James, I call him, in verse 13, he's the pastor at Jerusalem at this time. And after everybody had kind of gotten quiet finally, James answers and says, Men and brethren, listen to me. Peter has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles or the nations to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as, as it is written. So just like Peter pulled the prophetic word from Joel over into the New Testament, now the same thing happens with James. He pulls the prophetic word from Amos, chapter 9, over into Acts 15. And he says this, this that we're experiencing right now, of the Holy Spirit uh, being poured out among Gentiles as well, this is a fulfillment of this prophetic word. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Now, here's what I find so interesting about this. For years and years and years, I was a part of a group that taught about the restoration of the tabernacle of David. And we went all over the place teaching about the restoration of the tabernacle of David. And how many know that there's obviously a biblical standard for the restoration of the tabernacle of David, right? But what God was saying here in Amos was this was a total picture of the grace of God. This was about Jews and Gentiles coming together and getting filled with the Holy Spirit, having the Spirit of God in them and not just somebody that we talk about or somebody that we know. But the Spirit of God coming in them, living in them. And Amos' prophetic word is now brought into the new covenant. And by the Spirit of God, James says, this is that. Well, here's what we did. We went back to the tabernacle of David and we thought that this is that was entering his gates with thanksgiving, entering his courts with praise, that if I just began to do these things in the natural realm, somehow I would get myself into the spiritual realm. So all of a sudden now we have a conflict because if getting spirit filled means that I have to come into this place where the presence of God is so real to me, but then when I leave the conference or I leave the special meetings and I go to live my life, I'm not feeling any of that anymore. Man, I I couldn't hardly even stand up. I mean, I'm like, wow, praise God. I'm so spirit-filled. But what happens Monday morning when you have to go to work? I'm just saying. Are you spirit-filled on Monday, or is it just for conferences? Come on. So I began to realize that what God was really beginning to say here is that the pattern for worship in my church is not what was established in the tabernacle of David. The pattern of worship in my church is John 4, 23 and 24, when Jesus said, the hour has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
Let me tell you something. How many minutes do we have left, guys? Like 10-ish? Wow. Hebrews, let's turn there. I got to share the scripture with you. You got to see this. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And let's look at verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is what? And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. You want to know what church should be like? Here it is. When we come together, instead of coming to get filled with the Holy Ghost and coming to feel a goosebump and coming to, quote, feel the presence of God, how many, you know what, guys? We have so many people in the world of worship today that their concept of worship is to come into the presence of God in order to feel good. Their whole goal for worshiping God is to feel good. I just love worship because I feel so good. So that's it. We've reduced worship down to pain management. (laughs) It's all about how you feel. No, it's not. It's about God being worthy. Does God want you to feel good? Of course he does. But if our motivation to worship God is for me to get what I can get, we've missed the whole thing. And when we come to church, you know what we ought to be coming? We ought to come into church so filled with the Holy Ghost that we're not even considering ourselves. We're considering one another in order to stir up love and good works. Hallelujah. We ought to be exhorting one another in so much more as we see the day approaching. If there was ever a time for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost and exhorting one another, it's now. Amen. But look at this. Look at this. Here's the key. 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holy of holies. See, I was trying to get there every week with my worship. I thought if I could just get into the holy of holies, if I sing those holy, holy songs, finally I'm going to get there. But Jesus says here that what brings you into the holy of holies is not a worship song. It's the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus is how you come into the Holy of Holies. And that sacrifice has been paid once and for all. Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, the curtain did what? It tore in two. And forever we have been called to live in the Holy of Holies. Where does that happen? In our spirit man. Our spirit man is seated with Christ in where? Heavenly places. We're living in the holy of holies in our spirit man. Verse 20 says, By a new and living way which is consecrated for us, that is through the veil, speaking of his body, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22 says this, Let us draw near with a true heart. Well, see, that was the confusing part for me. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm already seated with him in heavenly places, why on earth do I have to draw near? Because... We are not just spirit. We are spirit and, well, guess where we draw near? In our soul. We're seated with him in heavenly places. So if I had more time to teach on this today, which I wish I did, but let me just say this to you today. 
when we come in worship, let's just say that we're not filled with the Holy Ghost when we come into a gathering. Okay, We, we want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but Ephesians 5 says that we're to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you got filled with the Holy Ghost 30 years ago, and you're living off of 30 years ago, it's not going to cut it for you. You know why? Because God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Amen. There's something about life that's so daily. Amen. Yesterday's victories are gone. Amen. He says today, be being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, teaching and admonishing one another and in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Well, see, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, not only do we with other tongues, but uh, uh, hymns, psalms, spiritual songs. We make melody in our hearts to the Lord. It just begins to flow out of us like rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. And what do we speak? We speak in tongues. We speak words of life. We edify other people around us. Because you know what? We are the presence of God. We are the temples. We're not trying to get into the temple anymore. The temple came to us. Amen. The presence of God is in us today. Hallelujah. But if we're all honest, we'll say, you know what? Sometimes when I come, I'm just kind of tweaked. My will is like so out to lunch. My will is just saying I won't. You ever been there? And during those holy times, you know, the quote holy times, sometimes your mind is just thinking about the weirdest stuff. Oh my goodness. If we could put all of our thoughts during worship up on the overhead... I'm talking scary, right? And so we know that this whole process of renewing our minds and this process of our soul being saved, if you will, you know, it comes from the spirit of God. And what we have to understand is that if anything is not generated from the spirit of God, it is an idol. Church, we cannot let worship be an idol. We cannot worship music. We cannot worship worship. We have to understand that this comes from the spirit of God. And we are already in the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. And because we are seated with him in heavenly places. And because of his love for us. Now the spirit of God can begin to fill our soul. Our heart no longer is divided. But our heart begins to express the presence of God. Because now my will says, you know what God, I want what you want. And if we'll allow the word of God to produce in us like this seed uh, message that's being so communicated this week, it's awesome to watch the word of God do what the word of God does. But we have to give it place. Here's how I believe Psalm 100 works, just quickly in closing. You know what the gates are? Your will. Gates either let you in or keep you out. So when I submit my will to the will of God, it's like a gate. And my gate just goes, all of a sudden, you know how it opens? With thanksgiving. When you're spirit filled, the Bible says, give thanks. Give thanks a lot. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here at Karis. I'm so thankful for Andrew and Jamie. I'm so thankful for the students who are here. I'm telling you, sometimes I just, oh, I'm thankful. I feel like a party. I feel like I'm walking around as a party. It's like, man, can life really be this good? Yes, it can. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you 
more abundantly, not less. Amen. So what happens with our mind? Well, the gate opens up with thanksgiving. We begin to enter the courts with praise. This all happens in the realm of our soul. And when we begin to get a hold of this, our emotions come in line. Instead of being controlled by our emotions, the Holy Spirit begins to fill our emotions. And we worship in spirit and in truth. As the truth begins to fill us with the word of God, transformation begins to take place. And oh man, that spirit of God rises up within us and out of our mouth, we begin to let the life of God flow. If there was ever a time for a better way to worship church, it's now. We do not want to go back under an old covenant. We are in a new covenant. We've got so much glory. I'm telling you, if we began to release it and really let God flow through us like God wants to flow through us, we would see amazing things happening in our generation. And I, for one, have that as a vision. And I'm I'm telling you, it's going to happen in this place for sure. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just give God glory this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I've been waiting for that message for 50 years. That's awesome. Praise God. Man, I'm excited. I think we made a good choice with Daniel. What a blessing. You know, Daniel and I both attend a church that the music there is technically great. And they are leaders and they produce CDs and they're influential all over the world. But man, they beg God to show up and plead. And and what are you saying about worshiping worship is so true. And there's times that man, I, I remember one time we were having a service and the presence of God was just awesome. And it was wonderful. I was enjoying it. And the music leader stopped in the middle, oh God, come and be here. And I just nearly yelled out, he's here. <laughs> they beg God to come and show up. And I, I, there's times that I honestly get so mad over praise and worship that it's about all I can handle. But man, I'm excited about that. And I think that this is going to be um, tremendous to have somebody with a new covenant attitude towards praise and worship. Thank you, Jesus. I am excited about that. That's great. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, let's take a break, and we'll be back in what? 15 minutes? 11.10. So it's 15 minutes, and we'll be back for the last session this morning.